everyone. Welcome back to Time Shifters. This is Christopher here with Matt. Welcome back, Matt. Hey. Been a uh, kind of a slow couple weeks uh, in the uh, geek world, I think. Olympics have kind of taken over everything. No one's doing much because Olympics. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not a lot going on in uh, in life in general. I guess we should begin by thanking everyone for tuning in and listening and remind everybody that you can do that through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Please visit the Facebook group and join in some of the discussions there. Still getting a couple new members. Uh, got another member or two just in the last couple of weeks, which is fantastic. Thank you very much for joining. And let's see, what else? To, oh, the Tea Public Store. If you feel so inclined, go and grab a T-shirt or a coffee mug or something with our logo on it. Great way for you to kind of share your the podcast and maybe get someone to ask you, what exactly is that that you have there? And, and you can uh, share the, the show and sh- tell them how to get to us. Any feedback or anything can be sent to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us at uh, timeshifterspod and at movies at the mat. I really need to almost need to write that stuff down because I'm <laughs> like, wait, what is what is that address? So that's it. That's all the little – I don't have any real special news or anything about the show. So I think uh, we do have some news, some stuff that has happened here recently. And uh, Matt's actually kind of pretty excited about it. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Joss Whedon is stepping down, writing and directing the Batgirl movie. I couldn't be happier. Now, I saw this. Um, I saw the article. I didn't get a chance to actually read or go in, go in deep about why. Did he actually step down or was it a could you leave situation? It, it could have been either. I mean, it was just vague enough that, you you know, this could have just been – you know, a, a, a mutual split. It could have been they, the studio turned around and said, we don't like some of the rumors that are swirling around you. It, it doesn't sound nasty. It just sounds like it's over. And so everyone's moving on. Hmm. Uh, his reason was, he goes, I realized I didn't have a story. I'm sitting there going, then why'd you sign on? <laughs> yeah. And it was it was announced almost a year ago that you had signed on. You couldn't come up with anything in a year. Really? There's decades worth of Batgirl material out there, and you got nothing. Yeah, I'm not sure how you can say I don't have a story. I there's so many stories have been written for you that mm-hmm. you can you, that you can draw Pick on. Pick one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throw a dart at the board. Pick one. Yeah, you don't have to go. You don't have to go all the way up to you know uh, the the Joker stories no. or anything. No, there's so much more you could do. I don't know where that comes from. My, my my first thought, I joked it when you posted it in the group. I was like, oh, you probably tried to kill Commissioner Gordon or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> something ridiculous. Just Batgirl Year One. It's a wonderful story. Do that, mm-hmm. where it tells the story that Barbara Gordon dresses up like Batman in a way, like she modifies an outfit so it can fit her. She does it to pull a prank on her dad mm-hmm. at this uh, Halloween a party with all of like the police there and so she shows up to like make him mad because he's reluctant to work with the batman oh but right then and there a villain pops up bruce wayne is at this party he's dressed up as a clown (laughs) ha ha nudge nudge (laughs) wink wink very cute but because he's there as himself he doesn't have time to run off and change into batman guess who's already dressed up as a bat character and decides to step up and and knock out this villain and try to save everybody Barbara Gordon. She hasn't revealed herself to anybody yet. So Mm -hmm. now it looks like a new superhero has sprung onto the scene. It's an accident. Nice. And so she kind of just keeps doing it. 
I think that's a great story to run with. That's just one off the top of my head. I, I like how they sort of adapted that to the animated series, now that I think about it. You yes. described it. She dressed up as, as Batman to, uh, I guess, sort of sort of give Batman, like, a Gordon's endorsement, or, or or vice versa, I guess. Give the Batman endorsement to, I guess, her her dad, mm-hmm. to Commissioner Gordon. And so she just shows up on a building, you know, like, in, in silhouette. Oh, look, there's Batman. Well, this guy must be okay, or something <laughs> like that. Right. It's a clever idea. I mean, but there's there's dozens, hundreds of stories that you could pick from. So that he's off it, I'm fine. I, I everybody knows I'm not a big fan <laughs> of that guy. But what adds a little bit more to it is a couple days ago, um, one of the a New York Times bestselling author Roxanne Gay tweeted out, "Hey, at DC Comics, I can write your Batgirl movie, no prob." Then Michelle Wells, who works at DC Entertainment, writes, "If you're serious." contact me nice. and sent her email and Roxanne Gay wrote back yes I am serious I will email you I'm down for this yeah. she has written okay. some great books she's written um, uh, Bad Feminist um, Hunger um, she's written uh, she wrote a, a, a well received Black Panther comic book so she knows how to write superheroes she knows how to look at deeper issues and that hers would be a completely different point of view from Joss Whedon, and mm-hmm. I'd be down for it any day of the week. And I like the idea of a, kind of a, a woman being behind yes. a Batgirl script. You know, hand that over to a, a, a female director too, and just yep. you know, just keep it. I think you'd get a better story. My push is for Lexi Alexander. I want her to direct so many different movies, but Batgirl would be wonderful. All right, cool. What, what other things has she directed? I'm not she, familiar with the name. Uh, she. Um, uh, probably the thing she's most famous for is she directed um, the Punisher. I think it's called Punisher Warzone. Um, it was after that one Punisher movie came out that didn't do well. Um, but the, it, she kind of it was never put in theaters. It was something that she directed. I think with the studio's blessing, um, but it never like really got up off the ground. But everyone who's seen it has loved it because it's 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 grounded, it's gritty, it's dark, but there's still a lot of character development. Um, she really knows how to do an action sequence. She has a great eye for it. Um, so I think she's a wonderful director. She has a great voice. Um, so yeah, I would push for her to be involved in almost any superhero movie, but a Batgirl movie she'd be great in. Excellent. I would like to see someone like that take on something like Batgirl because on film, we've never seen Batgirl other than sort of the colorful comic, right? excuse the expression, you know, comic mm-hmm. book character. Um, it would be great to see an actual, like you were describing a good gritty, you know, serious superhero film. Right. With a Batgirl. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Right. The two of them together, I could see, especially with, like, Lexi Alexander, would have, like, a Batgirl who's, like, bloodying her knuckles kind of fight. And right. It's like, I'm down for that. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be cool. It'd be, it'd be an interesting take. It'd be different to see, you know, like I said, on film yeah. for a character like that. It'd be very cool. Well, I don't think we have any other news. Like I said, it's been a little slow here lately, so I think we will go ahead and take a break, listen to a promo for another podcast. When we get back, we're going to talk about 1985's Clue. Okay, you know what it's like. You're flicking through Amazon or the local DVD shop, 
when suddenly you discover a film that you haven't seen in years, but which you remember as being legendary. The purchase is hastily made, you invite friends over, make popcorn and settle down to watch this classic. But then it becomes apparent that your mind has double-crossed you, and that this film is frankly awful. Soon your friends have deserted you, your boss says he has to let you go, and even your dog won't come when you call. How did it go so wrong? Well, in the interests of public harmony, a new podcast, I Saw That Years Ago, sets out to watch the old films that your memory has convinced you are brilliant, but which in reality could be anything but. So join me, your host Martin Darkley, and my compatriot, Gentleman Joe, as we watch the old films so you don't have to. Find us at www.isawthatyearsago.com or on iTunes. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm right out one! Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? Oh, if I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Set half. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in! Let us in! Let us out! Let us out! Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. <laughs> in the movie that makes a scene of the crime. So Clue. It's not just a game anymore. All right, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Yes, 1985. The movie is Clue. I mean, this came up on our discussion. This was the game, the movie that swamped the uh, the board. When oh, what's your favorite uh, game turned to film? Clue, 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 clue. It's clue. Can't beat Clue. Hard to beat Clue. So I'm like, all right, let's look at Clue again. <laughs> this was great. I have not seen this probably since home video. 89. I mean, when did Clue kind of come to home video? I guess 85 home video had started. It was probably the mom and pop shops in the malls. Yeah. So, yeah. Years later. Yeah. So, I'm going to guess sometime in the late 80s is when I saw it. 87, 89, somewhere along there. Especially since that was a movie that didn't do well. And if it didn't do well, it probably didn't get, you know, a home release, at least not right away. (laughs) Exactly. That was probably the last time I saw it. It's been that long. I haven't watched it. I never had. For no reason other than I just never thought about it. I never revisited it. So it was kind of fun to see, okay, is this the movie that everybody remembers? Uh, Yes. Yes. In in short, yes, I think it is. It it was still just a terribly fun movie. Mm -hmm. The cast is amazing. Tim Curry. There's a good, like, 30 minutes where he carries the entire movie. Yes. (laughs) And he just, my God, he is so manic. The energy that he can put into his characters and run running from the screens and or from one scene to another and you really feel like he really did like they just had separate cameras set up in the room <laughs> <laughs> he was literally running from one to another or something and if he wasn't 
then he's that good of an actor to make you think that he did. It's just amazing. The whole cast, I think, is absolutely perfect. Yes. Did a really great job. I did read some trivia that Carrie Fisher was actually originally uh, cast to be Miss Scarlet, but she had just uh, uh, finished up some rehab or had just gone into rehab. Just went into rehab, yes. Yeah, and wasn't able, wasn't able, able to fulfill the, uh, the role, and that's when uh, Leslie Ann Warren took over. Yeah, and she was an excellent Miss Scarlet. But yeah, I think, she did great. I, I think Carrie loved, Fisher would have just bumped it up a few I notches. I would have loved to have seen Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I, after I read that, I was you know I was really happy with the film, and then I read that and went, oh, right, <laughs> <laughs> room for improvement. Yeah. That would have been neat to see. It's some world somewhere. <laughs> right. Carrie Fisher played that part. Yeah. Earth three or something. Right. There is there is Carrie Fisher in the clue. Uh, yeah, it, it, really good. It, it's it's so much fun, and like we were saying before, I mean, it is the plot of the game. Yeah, someone's been murdered. Here's the guests. They have to figure out who did it Here's and how. Six murder weapons. <laughs> I like that this movie is both a great comedy and a great murder mystery. You can appreciate it for both of those things. Because there are moments where it's just sort of like a bunch of them run into a room, and then if you pay attention, you realize. Two of them are missing. And a couple minutes later, someone else is killed. And so you're putting together the mystery. You're trying to figure out who did do it. Someone is missing from the kitchen right now. See, I think that's what was fun is that because the action and everything is so kind of manic, if you're just casually watching it like I was, you don't realize that. And so when the, later on they, they describe who was not with us in the, you know, in the study and we're like, were they not there? You, you rewind. You makes yeah. you it makes you want to go back and watch yes. the movie again and start. Okay, let me write down what they said happened at the end, uh-huh. and let's go back and watch the film and see if it fits. <laughs> and sure enough, it does. They paid. A, they knew they were doing a murder mystery, and they were like, "We are going to be paying attention to a lot of detail here," and it paid off. Mm-hmm. I was speaking. Then I, I was curious last time you had mentioned the the three endings and going into different theaters. I wasn't sure about that, but that I confirmed it that is true paramount pictures when they released it a third of their of the theaters had a, a different ending and you would have to go from all around town apparently i saw uh, roger ebert wrote an article about it and he said because he was a critic they pretty much gave him the uh the, the guide to know mm-hmm. which ending was which and which happened in which and which theater and then if you you knew how to read the uh the listings, it would say, like, you know, clue and then in parentheses, A. Yeah. <laughs> clue, parentheses, B. And that's how you know what ending. And he knew which one was A and B. And so he, <laughs> he preferred, which ending did you prefer? We're kind of jumping ahead, I think, though. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll wait to get to the endings. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the cast and everything. Tim Curry, like I said, is just incredible. He wasn't necessarily the first choice either, which was interesting. No, he wasn't. I remember reading that... Um the first name that I read, uh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it wasn't a name I was familiar with, but they also talked about Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, I did read that. Um, nobody had heard of him yet. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. They felt he was too unknown. He had made a. He was a real popular over in the, over in Britain because he had done the Black Adder series, as well as a few other things. And then, of course, what was funny is it wasn't too much longer after this that uh, his Mister Bean. Uh, makes it over here to the United States and becomes a worldwide success. Yeah. Um, so it, this could have been like his first. Uh, this could have been his first uh, like big U.S. appearance. But and I think you know I think about it. And I've seen Rowan Atkinson and the way he performs. 
he would have worked as well. Yeah. He, he really would have worked. It would have been a little different, but it would have worked. The actor I was trying to think of who was also up for the part of um, of Wadsworth was John Cleese. Really? Oh, I didn't yes. see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in consideration for it. I can't remember why it didn't go to him, um, but yeah, he was considered before Tim Curry. I think that would have been almost an identical performance. He's another mm-hmm. person, brings a lot of high energy, yes. you know, can run around. He's goofy. He's serious. So I think you would have had almost, like, if, if there's an Earth 3 where Carrie Fisher is Miss Scarlet, but at the same time, John Cleese is Wadsworth. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it would have been very similar. At the time, I think Tim Curry's like the poor man's John Cleese. <laughs> yeah, at times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim Curry, of course, I, I think has grown exponentially you yes. know, from this time. So uh, Tim Curry's one of those great little actors where he's always popular. He is popular, and yes. he's, he's famous. People know who Tim Curry is. But it's never because of like one or two or one major role or something. Because sometimes it's just he does some voice acting, and yeah. people know Tim Curry is this voice actor, or he just does this. Yeah, he's the butler in Clue, or he's uh, well, Pennywise in the made-for-TV uh, uh, it. Mm-hmm. But it's Rocky never, Horror. Yeah, Rocky Horror, of course. Tim Curry. That might be the role that he's kind of like everyone knows Tim Curry from. But he's just I don't know. He's not like. The giant bankable star, but he's always popular in everything he does. Yeah, it's he's just he's a working actor, I mm-hmm. guess. But and he does just the right roles at just the right time that everyone loves him when he does it. But it doesn't like never seems to like lead him to the okay. We want you to star and be you know in this major motion picture kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's I'm glad because, but I'm also kind of maybe sad for him that he never sure. got that opportunity. Yeah. Because it allows him to stay in those smaller roles. It allows him to just keep working on different characters. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's always kind of what's made his career fun. But at the same time, what could he have done if he was, like, the leading man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what else? Who Let's see. Who else do we have in here? If you want to go by uh, alphabetic order like they do in the uh, in the credits, which I think is the best way. Because there is no starring. It's just... Oh, an alphabetical, cast. we're going to give you your cast, which I think is a great way to go because everyone involved here, I think, is just pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, then there's Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock. Which I loved. I, I'm yeah. a fan of Eileen Brennan. Yes. I think she's just, she has a certain, uh, her, her way of comedy is fantastic. I grew up watching her in Private Benjamin, the TV series. Okay. Uh, that's how my that was my introduction of Eileen Brennan, and while her comedy was a little bit more subdued in that one because she's supposed to be the hard as nails, you know, general or something like that, or you know, teacher of the academy. I forget the whole premise there, but um, but she she worked this one where she just gets to be this kind of ditzy, zany, you know, the wife of the senator. Um, Screams all the time. Scream, screams all the time. <laughs> I just her reaction. You know, she dugs down the brandy. Maybe it was poison. <laughs> every everybody, every character, they do a fantastic job with their wardrobe. They're assigned these names. We never find out who these people really are. Yeah. Uh, but she is known as Miss Peacock, and of course, her hair is filled with peahen feathers yep. and some weird, goofy hat. <laughs> That keeps getting in her face. <laughs> no, she's she's fantastic. I loved her. She's another one of those actors where it, I don't think she always gives like the due that she was deserved. You know, yeah. she she never goes on and to be the big star like she maybe could have been. That's kind of the story for pretty much this whole cast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Next is uh, Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White. Who I will never say a bad thing about. No. Ever. I love Madeline Kahn, everything (laughs) she does. She is just, you know, any of the Mel Brooks films, anytime she turns up, it's like Madeline Kahn, you you get a you get a pass. I don't even if that movie wasn't any good, Madeline Kahn, you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that whole scene where she's like flames heaving so that was ad-libbed. Like that wasn't in the script. Just go, just do something. <laughs> That's how funny she is. Yep. Um probably the biggest name out of this movie is Christopher Lloyd. And he, as, well, it wasn't the biggest name at the time. Not at the time, but, you know, in, looking back yeah. as Professor Plum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, just another comedic genius, un, you know, kind of underappreciated. Um, Michael McKean as Mr. Green. I didn't, he kept hitting me. I was like, okay, where have I seen him? I know I've seen him. Oh, he's in a lot of things. Turns out, yeah, he's in a bunch of things. But yeah. What I've seen him most recently is when my wife was watching um, Better Call Saul. Yeah, I love him in that. He is a person to hate in that show. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. We watched. She watched the first season. I sat and tried to watch a few episodes with her. And he's uh, Saul's brother. Yep. Who is? He plays suffering. Subtle, suffering. He plays subtle jerk so well. Mm. You yeah. just all of the. He'll say a line. And you're just like, man, that was a knife under the ribs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's one of these guys where you find out that oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yep. Sometimes just these little minor roles. He's just this real recognizable. It, the voice, more than anything, the way yes. he speaks, his the inflection in his voice, it's kind of like, I know that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, he usually plays some kind of antagonist. And so it was nice mm-hmm. to see him play like this meek, you know, you know, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Let's call the police. Like, it was great to see that, you know, at least looking back at his body of work, that total, he's never done that before. <laughs> I don't think he's done it since. Nice, yeah. Um, Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard, yep. another great actor who's been in a bunch of things. Yeah, a ton of things. Not somebody that I necessarily really gravitate towards. I don't I don't want to say I don't like Martin Mull, but he's just, I was like, oh, it's got Martin Mull. But in this, I think he was perfect for the part. Yeah. And then uh, Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet. She's a, a name I recognize, and I know I probably should know her for more than I do. But I, I just I don't. She's one of the. Yeah, I'd have to look her up, but I know I've seen her in other things, and I'm always just like Miss Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of a I recognize the name because you know talk show circuits or something sure. because of some film, and she'll show up on Letterman or you know <laughs> or something like that. And then to kind of round off like the main body of the people who are in the house, um, Colleen Camp is Yvette. Mm-hmm. And then Lee Ving as Mr. Body, yes. our victim, our initial victim. <laughs> yeah. I heard that one of the reasons he got cast was just because of his name. Leaving. Because he'll be leaving soon. But um <laughs> He actually did a good job of like being very sinister looking and Oh yeah, absolutely. You expected this guy to be a, a you know a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And, and he it, came off that way. Yeah. Sort of like the sleazy mob guy. And then, you know, as I said, it's a, it's a great murder mystery, but it's also a great comedy, and it doesn't focus on any one kind of comedy. Like there's, it opens up on a poop joke, yeah, and it's a funny one. Which, and that poop joke is then you know for like the first ten minutes of the film it keeps going, it keeps going, and it keeps getting funnier. Uh huh. What, what is that me? <laughs> yeah. No one mentions Checking it. The they shoes. just right. It's funny, but then it's you just got like really well written dialogue. You've got like these funny musical cues. It's like there's the house. 
What's wrong? The car's frightened. Yo, yeah. Why'd the car stop? It's frightened. (laughs) It just keeps going. Uh, You know, uh, someone is just sort of like, oh, haven't you figured it out? He's the one blackmailing you. Then the thunder claps. It's like this timing is a little ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. it, it focuses on so many different brands of comedy. Like people fall down and run into each other and go down the stairs and... One of the best physical uh, gags I've seen. I don't know how many times they had to rehearse this. If this was just a one shot, um, when there is a you know a scream or whatever from downstairs, and Tim Curry and can't think of who it is. They come in. It might have been McKean. It was McKean. They come in from opposite ends of the hall and slide into and crash into each other at the top of the Fly stairs. Fly up into the air and fall down. Yeah. It's an amazing bit of little, like, and, like, these are the guys. This isn't stunt actors. No, you this see is their them. faces. It's just, that just is a great moment where you almost have to pause because you're laughing because that moment <laughs> is just so good. It's just amazingly well-timed. and ama- It's like, I don't know if that was just happenstance and the camera was rolling, if that was, you know, if that was staged. It was that perfect that you don't know. You right. can't tell. It was I, either one or the other. It was most. It was either incredibly staged, or it just happened. I, I almost there's, feel there's no gray. <laughs> right. I almost feel like it's something they came up with, and they were like, "Hey, Maybe. what if we what if we ran into each other? We should run into each other." But it's keep the, the camera rolling. But it's the way that they do. It's not just two people bumping into each no. other. No, it's like they, they see fly. each other. They try to like stop, and they slide out and slam <laughs> into each other and hit the floor. It is so good. And you wonder if anybody else knew that they were going to do it. <laughs> I feel like they just told the cameraman. They were just like, keep, keep rolling. Keep, keep it rolling. on us. We've got something. Plot of the story, obviously, is is a murder mystery and everything. I was, I found it interesting at the time at which it was set. Yeah. Um, it was set in, like, 1954, yeah. I believe it was. And they made a big point of involving a lot of the uh, sort of Red Scare elements mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, the cook herself is like watching the McCarthy hearings yep. on TV while she's cooking. And then, of course, they, the, the constant reference, well, that was just a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one person who, whose wife had a bunch of friends who were <gasps> socialists. <laughs> uh, I thought that was an inter- interesting. I, I There was no reason for it i thought oh well maybe they said it then because that was the game when the game was released sure no the game was released about six years earlier than that oh it was released in like the late 40s 1949 i think it was when it was released so it's like it was just an interesting time to to place that the only thing i can think of is that was just sort of like the heyday of this style of murder mystery the old dark house kind of murder mystery uh, and or certainly in the, in the murder novels or whatever was you know the, the, in the fifties, it was an interesting. I, I'm just it, I'd, I'd love to be able to ask you know John Landis you know who uh, who wrote or co-wrote this who was why you know what was the point of that setting that and and, and bringing that into the story. I don't think there's a great reason beyond it other than it's just kind of it's that moment in history that a lot of people are familiar with, especially back in the eighties. And it just kind of sets up a good premise of like why people are, because the whole idea is they're being blackmailed. Some of them did the things they did. Some of them are just trying to avoid a scandal. And you know, it's that time where like, if you just pointed at somebody and said, you did this, everyone's going to believe you. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason you'll allow yourself to be blackmailed. But because you've been blackmailed for so long, you might kill somebody to get out from under it. So it's a really 
quick setup to explain why this murder would happen, why these people would be brought together as good as any other. Mm-hmm. It's like that there's a moment in time that a lot of people are familiar with. Good motivation to to off somebody. Let's go with that. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you're you are you are correct because both in both instances, whether it, you're talking about Senator McCarthy, who would just point a finger and says, "Ah, oh, he's a communist," and then everyone <gasps> turns her back, and yeah, that's exactly what's going on in this house. So it's, yeah, it makes me wonder. If it, that's what it felt like to me. Is like, was he was someone trying to make some sort of social commentary and it, or a political commentary, and it was just too subtle to be that you have to sit there and think about it. Yeah. And I think it's just setting up that whole idea of, like, paranoia. Did you do it? Did you not do it? Which is what's going on with the McCarthy hearings and mm-hmm. the idea of, like, it wasn't me. It was definitely you. It was somebody else. Like, they mirror each other. It's a little bit of a social commentary, but to me it's more of just sort of to set that tone of what everyone's mindset is. And that's why people are driven to murder. <laughs> and it kind of makes sense to bring it up again in 1985 because yeah. that was, again, kind of the height of some of the Cold War. You mm-hmm. know, the Soviet Union was, you know, once again, our, our, our the evil nemesis who could draw, rain nuclear death on us at any moment. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's not surprising that they would kind of blend the two and bring it up at that time. For me, though, the, if I have to pull one thing out of this movie that I didn't like, it it hits a pacing issue kind of towards the middle mm. when they all break up to like search the house. Cause sure. the, the movie's at its best when they're all just together. Yeah. When you've got that two and two, it, it there was, they were still being funny, but none of those jokes made me laugh. I think maybe the only one that I thought was funny is when Mr. Green and Yvette get to the stairs of the basement and like, go on, go up the stairs. Okay. And they're looking, and, they and it cuts there. away. <laughs> well, it cuts away, and then you see what everyone else is doing. You come back like eight minutes later, and they're still standing there. That's the one funny joke. Everything else is just people like falling down the stairs, or you know, they're look they're trying to find if there's another person in the house. If there's mm-hmm. a, if the murderer is not one of them, but it's somebody else. They're looking inside cupboards and behind the curtain. Like you think there's a brilliant killer in the house, and they're just gonna hide where a child would hide. <laughs> like I get what the joke is; it's just not landing. But that one did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I that that was a good one. And you're right; it does that kind of is the moment where everything kind of slows down a little bit too, too much. much. Yeah, you kind of need it, I guess. It would have been great if they could have paired off, and you could have really been or really used that moment to highlight those particular actors uh comedic skills sure and i don't think they really did that no everybody kind of had the same joke to work with of what's over there i don't know but it scared me yeah that would have been another great opportunity to give madeline khan a chance to ad lib something sure and they didn't they don't. do that yeah so it's unfortunate but then um the motorist shows up the cop shows up and then the movie kind of starts picking up again you know mm-hmm. like the, the part where they find the secret passageway and they find the dead motorist I, I just love you know the scream they run down the stairs they hit each other but then I just love the whole like let us in let us in let us out let us out <laughs> everyone's just speaking so fast it's it's moving real quick and then you know I've been shot I've been shot <laughs> why are you shooting at us uh, another moment I thought was I, it, it's just because it's I guess because of how simple it is, but it's still funny, is, you know, they're worried about being found out because now this motorist is in here. They've locked him in the library or whatever. And McKean, uh, Mr. Green, is just freaking out 
and he's yelling, and, and there's a body in the study, and everyone else, shh. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of one of those, it's the simplest moments in the movie that I found to be the funniest. Yeah, and Michael McCain has another great line uh, when during all that commotion where he's like, you know, unlock the door, I don't have the key. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I just need to unlock the door. I can't unlock the door without the key. <laughs> yeah, it's the no one's listening to what anybody's right. saying. Yeah, sort of chaos. And it's the chaos where I think like that's where the movie really shines. That's where like the best lines come out mm-hmm. of. That's where their best acting comes out of. That's where like just just pull the. They do a great job of just pulling the camera back and just letting them run around like crazy. You know, I feel like so many other movies would have like these quick swipes and cuts and this and that, and it's just like, nope, just we're just going to go to the end of the hall, and you all go nuts in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of chaos, now I think is a good time to maybe bring up the endings. The endings, because uh, certainly in the beginning, as Tim Curry explains the endings, that is some of the most manic film. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be on something. <laughs> It is brilliant, and this they do. They do have uh, all three endings on any uh, home video release. Mm-hmm. You can choose to. It was really great. The DVD we we're watching. You could either uh, watch it with a ending chosen at random, mm-hmm. or you could watch it with all three endings. I always do all three. I yep, think that's the here. best version same of the here. movie. Yep. So, out of the three endings, though, which one did you prefer? We'll go in the in, in the order that they that they give us. Will be A, B, and C. So the first ending. Miss Scarlet is, is, is the one behind it all. The second ending ends with, is that the one with uh, Mrs. Peacock? Mrs. Peacock, yep. And then the third is everybody killed somebody. somebody. Yes. Except Mr. Green. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who was an FBI agent. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite because I really? just like the idea that they all did it. They're all looking for a killer even though they all know they're the killer. I like that idea, but of the three endings, I think the first ending was the best acted and laid out and the most fun to watch. Do you like that whole, like, how many bullets are left in the gun game? Yes. Okay. You cannot pass the... That's one plus one plus two plus one plus one. No, that's one plus two plus one. That could have gone on for like five minutes, and it wouldn't have gotten old. That was great. Yeah, and then after the gun goes off, he he's thinking out loud to himself, one plus two plus <laughs> it's just <laughs> and the chandelier falls again. <laughs> yep, I prefer the first ending. Yeah, I, I I just think there's something to be said about they all did it. They're all guilty. Yeah, and then even Mr. Green goes like, but if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, that was me with the revolver in, in the, the hallway because <laughs> that's the game. Yes, and so it gives you the punchline of that's the game. I think. Yes, I think the the third ending definitely fits the game best, but I just it felt clunkier to me. And I think that first ending just felt a little bit more fluid and natural. Okay, so yeah, what did you think of the Mrs. Peacock ending? I I didn't think much of it at all. That one felt the most clunky. I think didn't care for it. Just like the Mounties, we always get our man. Mrs. <laughs> Peacock was a man? <laughs> well, it does have that good... Hey, that's 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 the thing. Each ending has that that one moment. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, the one line or the one moment that really makes it stand out. So it, it is... If, if you really like that line, then that's your ending. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some just other good moments that I like. Um, 
a lot of them involve Mr. Green, but one is like, you know, they're like, oh, there's somebody else at the door. And so they go to answer the door. Mr. Green opens it, and it's the cop. Good evening. Just slams the door in his face. Slowly opens it back up. Hi. Hi. <laughs> cop doesn't ask, why did you shut the door? No. Uh, another scene that I think is just, it's just funny because it seems so, what in the heck was that, was the singing telegram. <laughs> She just starts out, I'm your singing telegram. Bam! Bang. <laughs> this drops like, what in the heck was that? <laughs> well, who doesn't want to just shoot somebody at the door some days? I had somebody yesterday showed up at my door, started telling me about how I can change my 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 uh, my power service. So oh, I was yes. just like, you need to go away. <laughs> Insight or somebody like yeah. that. Yes. Inspire. I've yeah, that's it. the same person. Inspire, yeah, that's the one. We've had them here. I was like, I'm watching Clue later tonight. I know what happens to the person that comes at the door. <laughs> go away. Oh, the other line I love, you know, why is J. Edgar Hoover on your phone? He's on everybody else's. Why shouldn't he be on mine? <laughs> yeah. It is a lot more of the uh, of the 1950s paranoia, FBI, you know. And maybe that's nowadays, I'm wondering, you know, in maybe even the 1980s, maybe some of that comedy doesn't land as well as it as it could have. I think it just means people aren't up on their history. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> Does the FBI always, you know, clean up after murderers or stuff? multiple murders? Multiple murders? Well, of course we clean up. Why do you think we're led by a man named Hoover? Yes, that's great. <laughs> it's just clever writing. The other thing that this movie does, and sure enough, I did it last night uh, in the middle of watching the movie. I want to live in a house with secret passageways. Yes. I started like looking up, like, how can I build a secret passageway? <laughs> I think your neighbors might complain. But... That's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much fun to just be like, the painting turns and right. it goes all the way to the kitchen. Like, that would be fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Or if you just don't want to deal with people for a while, I'm just going to hide in my passageway. Yeah, I, I will admit, I've watched enough of these films and everything that any time I'm in a house that was built around the turn of the century, you're the, looking. The, the old wood house, I'm always like, that looks loose. Right. Does the yeah. bookcase <laughs> open as the painting turn? I saw a really good one where they uh, just turned like a whole, like, a body length mirror that turns and I'm mm -hmm. like that looked really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't help but always kind of uh most likely it's not there, but I can't I, I can't help but kind of look, you know, every time I see a little a crack in the plaster that seems like, well, that's kind of like in the shape of a door. Maybe that swings out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I feel like I could talk about almost any scene, any joke, you know. Any good any good cook will tell you you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Look what happened to the cook. <laughs> The film is filled with some fantastic lines. It's, it's kind of one of those films where you you just want to watch and talk about it at the same time. Yes. You, you kind of just want to watch it and just – because those are the ones – because when you sit here and try to think, oh, you know, okay, what's my favorite line? You're like, oh, there's so many. All of them. <laughs> and it, and it go, the movie goes so fast that it's hard to really kind of keep it all in your head, and you almost need to be reminded of it. And that's where it would be nice to actually we – should, we, we should have had like just had it on in the background or something. <laughs> I think if I have to pick a favorite moment, it's after they discover Mr. Body is dead again. Again. <laughs> and if you don't notice it, you don't see the candlestick up on the, on yeah. the door frame. And he's just like, you know, there's no need to shout. I'm not shouting! From All right, I am. I'm <laughs> shouting. I'm shouting. I'm clunk. <laughs> that part's great. And then Tim Curry – 
falls to his knees and falls flat on his face. <laughs> I hope there was a mat there because he just went for it. I knowing him, there was not. Uh, that does again, like I was saying, that reminds me of one of my favorite lines: "Is uh, Mrs. Peacock? They're in the they're in the study there. Uh, Mr. Body is m- missing, and uh, so she." wants to go powder her nose, refreshing herself. She asked Yvette, is there a bathroom in the hall? Oh, wee wee, man. No, no, I just need to powder my face. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's there's some immature humor. There's some clever humor. There's, there's, you know, people falling over each other. There's something for everybody in this movie. There is. There's at least like five jokes, any one style of humor you can laugh at. Now, I was surprised to discover that Box office wise, when it premiered, it did not do well. I think it only took in like maybe fourteen million or something. On like a that. fifteen million dollar budget, didn't yeah. even make its didn't money make back. Didn't make its money back. Uh, kind of surprises me. Right. I, I wonder. Was do you think the 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 three endings hurt it rather than helped it? I mean, now we look back at it and we think it's genius. But right. was that an issue where people then go talk to each other and go, "That's not what happened." What? No, you didn't see the same movie. I think because the three endings were all separated. I think if you did it the way it's on video, I think if it's just sort of like, oh, that's how, oh, that's not how to, because that's how it is. Like when you play the game, somebody takes a shot at what they think the, you know, how it goes, and they are wrong, mm-hmm. and so you got to keep going. So I think if the movie was released that way with all three endings, because it's fun, because I didn't even hear about that until a few years ago, that there were three separate endings in you know that you'd have to go to a different theater because i always saw it on like like hbo or something where it's just like all three happen and it was always great right so i think maybe that did hurt it um but if they kept all three together that would have helped but it also wasn't that well received critically mm-hmm. and i that also could be because critics had to sit through it three times right so yeah that they might have just gotten tired of it of like well can you just give me the last 10 minutes <laughs> Probably before the, the the wide use of like videotape and VCRs, and and it only just started to kind of come into the into the home. So not everybody you couldn't just hand over someone a disc like mm-hmm. we do now with the DVD or or a digital screener, uh, <laughs> where they could just click on a link and watch one ending or another. So yeah, maybe yeah, it's it, that's unfortunate because I mean, fortunately, it is a it, it gained a cult following. Yep, people thanks love to home, it now. Thanks to home video. I mean, think about if this movie had come out a few years earlier, before home video was a thing, this probably would have just faded into obscurity. Yeah, it would have vanished, absolutely. But flip that the other way, I think if it came out 10 years later, it would have been a huge hit. Yes, absolutely. No, I agree. There has been talk of doing a remake of it. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. I I heard that, too, that it might star like Ryan Reynolds, um, that it would be more of like a global thing is what I was reading. I was like, I don't know how that works. Like, it's a whodunit across the planet? Yeah. That that sounds more like like a... Where in... Where is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, or or, uh, or like a Da Vinci Code kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like I don't think that works. No, no, no. You have to keep it in the old dark house kind. I of thing. killed Mr. Body in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, then you got to keep it in the house. I mean, right. I know there's been a lot of variations of the game since it was released, and maybe one of them is international. I don't mm-hmm. know. I the only game I've played is the board game, right. the Clue in the house. Uh, we have the uh, the like the special, you know classic edition or whatever where it kind of erases a lot of the modifications and it's just 
the game as it yeah. was, you know, back in the fifties. Um, so that's all I've ever played. So I, I don't want them to like do it and base it off any future iterations. Just, right. If you're going to remake Clue, you're going to have to do Clue, and I'd rather you not remake it at all. Just put this thing back in the theater with uh-huh. all three endings at the end. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to remake it, you need a great, like maybe even a couple of great comedy writers, just people who like know how to blend all of that humor, just like they did with this one. Um, you kind of, if you remake it, you kind of have to set it back again mm-hmm. because, you know, everyone can just get on their phone and be like, well, I texted the cops. They're going to be here in like two minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. Or else you got to come up with weird conceits as to why the phones and we're the in a dead zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. You end up, it, well, if you end up in an old dark house, you could be somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there is no cell no service. Signal. That's fine. There are still places like that. There are. They're few and far between anymore, but they are there. But, yeah, then you just – that just seems like you're making excuses or whatever. So, yeah, I'd rather see it as a, as a period piece uh, like this one was. Yeah. Yeah, good. Uh, fun film. I'm glad I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I don't know I, – I wish I knew why I haven't revisited it until now. It's – I'm glad I did, though. You had a nice family viewing of it, though. We did. How did they like it? They loved it. Neither one of them had seen it before. Okay. Um, So they they both enjoyed it. They thought it was good. Uh, My son, of course, liked more of the the potty humor or or Tim Curry stumbling through the darker. What is this? Another door and a shower, you know? (laughs) That got an audible guffaw out of my son, you know? Uh, And it was. That is funny. Yes. (laughs) And then he's running around wet for the rest of the movie. (laughs) And no one asks what happened to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> at that point they're just sort of like, yeah, he's wet, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like the the scenes where they they, they you know they come down and they find uh, Yvette murdered. Hmm. Yes, that's the other part. <laughs> they just start getting whole, jaded to the whole thing. Yeah, three murders. Yep, four murders. Yeah, then they then they find the motors. Hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or, or uh, I'm just gonna check the study. Everything okay? Yep, two corpses. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all. There's just nothing new anymore. It's that dead bodies. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, fun film. If you guys have not watched Clue or have not watched Clue in a while, I think you owe it yourself to check it out again. Um, plenty of uh, DVDs you can buy it on DVD. It's streaming. If you want to pay a couple bucks on Amazon, I think you know it's available all over now. It's worth your collection. Yeah, it's worth to add it to your collection. Yeah, I think you can get a, a real nice DVD set. Uh, or set DVD edition, and I think you know add it to your shelf, and I think you'd find yourself uh, pulling it out every now and again just to watch. Just for this is another one too where it'd be a fun just in the background. You know, you're doing something, you're cleaning, have Clue on in the background. That's kind of what I was doing because I was I had it on in the background while I was researching things about it, mm-hmm. just to kind of remind myself of different lines and whatnot. And every time a line actually made me laugh, because it still makes me laugh, mm-hmm. I'd type it down. I'd be like, "Got to talk about that line. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk about this one too." <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a good film. It's fun. And I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you're like me and haven't seen it since it first came out on video. Uh, it, and you'll enjoy it a lot. And there, it, there is a Blu-ray. Well, there you go. Okay, I there might have go. to do that. Yes, seven eighty nine on Target. Oh yeah, very. <laughs> so good. So I might have to do that. Do they got any good? Does it list any uh, any features of that Blu-ray Let's which see. you can find on there? Good commentary or something for some of the actors or the uh, director would be, would be great. 
if nothing else, it's kind of fun. To, it's always fun to go back and watch some of these older films where you see actors that you still know today and see them when they're so much younger. I mean, Tim Curry wasn't exactly young. He was middle-aged. He was like 40, I think, 39 or 40 when he did Clue, but he still looks so much younger than what when you see him today. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything about special features. I'm, I'm sure they probably just like upscaled it a little bit, stuck yeah. it on the disc. I'll probably get it. <laughs> yeah, get it anyway. Yeah, just to say you have it. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's see, 1985. Oh, well, I guess we missed the anniversary. But maybe we'll see a... Uh, yeah, that's hard to believe. That this was what... This is now 30 years old. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they missed out on another, like a good anniversary edition. With the, with the cult status, uh, releasing an anniversary edition, I think, would have been a, a, a nice little bit of... Nice. It would have been nice. People would have enjoyed that. Yeah. Come with a mini version of the game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Well, I think that is going to do it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Any feedback or comments, send them to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at timeshifterspod and at movies at the mat. And join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and uh, search for the Time Shifters Podcast group. We are there. And join our uh, ever-increasing... Um, numbers of members come at me joss whedon fans <laughs> yes take matt on everybody uh, that is going to do it we'll see you in a couple of weeks and um hope to hear from you thanks everyone bye not so fast miss scarlet i do have a secret or two. Oh yeah such as the game's up scarlet there are no more bullets left in that gun Come on, you don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! Shut up!